set in the There's a ton of everyone. That was my pitch. We are living in a world on fire, full of sickness, disease, and fear. The world has made profit more important than the health of people. Thankfully, we still have a way back to a healthy spirit, mind, and body. The purpose of this Nature Makes the Rules podcast is to let people of all ages know that they can still have a strong and healthy life, no matter what the rest of the world is saying or doing. We invite you to join us, Dr. Joe and Eileen, for the Nature Makes the Rules podcast. Hey there, Dr. Joe Arve here, along with my wife, Eileen Arve. Say hello, Eileen. Hello. For another Spine Geek podcast, where we just want to just tell you how thankful we are for all the listeners and everybody just joining and subscribing. So while you're listening, make sure you subscribe, like our podcast, share it, download it, because the information you get here is literally life transforming. And we have another great show that we're really excited to bring about because again, Mrs. Arvey and I have been doing this for almost, I was doing the math, you know, we met in 1987 mm-hmm. and, you know, we got married in 1989. And so we've got 34, 35, 36 years of stuff mm-hmm. that what we called it back then, the 2023 people called a little bit different, but it's the same thing. And so today's show, we're going to focus on what's called milestones, milestones for the baby, for the child, um, their developmental milestones, they're, you know, they're tied into the neurology, they're tied into everything that your baby needs from the moment they're birthed to probably the first year, maybe two of life, that there's milestones that we keep an eye on as parents. And whether we're aware of them or not, or they get lost in just the the craziness, we wanted to revisit them over this show and the next few shows coming up, and we're just going to kind of add a new a new language. And again, I get a lot of this from our friends over at PX Docs who are just saying the same things we've been saying for 30-plus years, but way cooler. So uh, Mrs. Arve's and I's goal is always be relevant to your moms and dads out there and to your grandmas and grandpas and families and just kind of give you the, the latest word on an old message. Right. Right, because I think as a young mom you're, you, and young parents, you're looking at this stuff. You're reading all the books. You're you're like, okay, what do I need to know? I'm having this baby. What do I need to know? And how do I know whether I'm doing a good job or not? How do I know when this child needs help? You know, and and what the game is. And again, we've been doing this a long time. There's nothing really new under the sun, but um, it seems like we lose ancient wisdom. We lose... Right. Um, wisdom for a better word of how to deal with these milestones when they're happening or not happening or how to help our child really get the best uh, out of life. Because again, each child is fearfully and wonderfully made. Yes. Each child is not the same. You cannot compare your firstborn to your secondborn or your thirdborn or your fourthborn. They're all different. You can't compare your child to their cousins. You can't compare your child to other friends, right? Because everybody's there's this company. Well, they're reading. Well, maybe your son or daughter's not, or maybe your son and daughter's reading, and there's not. It's not a competition, right? These these neurological brain function, brain basic milestones, if you would, baby's milestones, basically are important for every child to go through. Not so much according to the calendar, right? 
No, it's, it's, it's individual for the child. Yeah, yeah, sure. Order what all your other friends are bragging on Facebook or social media about, right? Right, but I also think that God says, he who compares is a fool. So right. You don't want to be comparing because you do have, each child is just wonderful. But we feel in the purpose of this podcast is that there are certain things that you should be aware of that may be common, but not normal. Mm-hmm. And so understanding, we're going to jump right into it, that as far as the brain development of your child, these milestones, the first one is eating. Like, soon as your child is born, it should have the ability to latch right. onto the breast. Yes. That's how it's supposed to be. And women, your body is supposed to make milk. Okay? It's hard. It's not easy. Now, I'm a man. What do I know, right? It's this is worth it. It is, it is rough. But Well, it was... Certain kids were rough, but it's it's to, it's totally worth it because you're giving them the perfect food. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. And so the first phase one of milestones is that this baby, when it's born, needs to know how to latch and how to swallow and how to digest the food in which you're giving it. And so that's number one. We're going to talk about four of them, but number one is eating. That you're a milestone, and again, this goes back to what, What tells the child how to eat? There's an innate intelligence there. The child knows how to eat. It knows what to do. It knows how to feed itself. Okay? And so... Yes, instinct. You know, the whole cheek turns towards the Right. The the rooting reflex. So it's important within those first few hours that baby knows how to latch. And if not, that's where, again, over the past 30-plus years, when I attend a home birth or go to visit... We make that adjustment, man. That baby just it clears the nerve system from that birth trauma. Yeah, and that, and again, if the baby's having a hard time latching, that is a sign that there was trauma to the nerve system during the birth process. Mm-hmm. Whether the birth was forceps, vacuum extraction, cesarean section, breach, or normal birth, you know, depending on how the baby's presenting, that there's something going on. There's a disconnect. There's a kink in the hose, if you would, between the the baby's mouth and tongue and ability and ability to latch. And start to feed, and and that's the time to call us, the pediatric chiropractor, the Max Living chiropractor, the PX Doc chiropractor, the pediatric you know pediatric chiropractor, because really, tr- standard um, pediatricians we find or medical providers really don't know what to do with that, mm-hmm. except saying, well, the they baby's use, mouth is yeah. They usually refer you to a, a lactation specialist, which is right, which know, is great. Yeah, yes, to get help there. Mm-hmm. But we're talking about the babies just not latching versus learning how to, to breastfeed where I'm at, the neurological factors. Because, again, the baby's mouth is not too small for the mom. The tongue-tied thing we can get to later, but there's a neurological issue there. The baby needs to latch. And, again, it's it's definitely a pediatric chiropractic problem if there's latching issues. Right. I agree. So, And then swallowing. The baby needs to be able to swallow the food, Right. And, and keep it down. And then the baby needs to be able to digest that food so it can make poo-poo diapers. And so that's phase one of a milestone. Um, number two is sleep. And so with sleeping, it's not just the baby conking out and going to bed. It's that the baby needs to know how to soothe itself, calm itself down, and be able to. So let's talk about our children, about soothing and calming themselves down. Did each of our children be able to soothe themselves and calm themselves down when it came to sleeping? Let's go with child number one, Leah. Sure. <laughs> she was number one, right? 
And so we put her to bed. What time? Usually about nine. She, she was a great sleeper. Yeah. She was wonderful. I mean, yeah. she took she took these nice long naps during the day even. Yeah. She gave she gave mom and dad, mom, because dad was in chiropractic school and just kind of mom mom was there raising the whole thing. And then she'd get up about eight or nine in the morning. Morning, mother. Good morning. She would father. stay yeah, we we were we were young, so we kept yeah. her up. So she went to bed like eleven o'clock when yeah. we, when we went to bed because we didn't want her getting up really, really early. So yeah. we just let her. She was a little friend. Yeah, we followed our schedule. It was pretty funny. I mean, yeah. I mean, when we were in the middle of chiropractic school and Mrs. Arvid had just graduated from with her exercise physiology degree, exercise science degree, teaching aerobics, doing cardiac rehab and stuff like that. And, you know, she's a, she, we were working it. And so we, we had this baby and you know what? Had baby will travel, right? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, remember this, the road trips we would take? Because we were in Atlanta, Georgia at this time. And our family was in Michigan, mm-hmm. and we had a Chevy Sprint. Teeny car. Teeny car. Teeny. And again, if you if folks are listening, wow, what's a Chevy Sprint? That was, that was like the beginning of the, you know, you had the Honda, little Hondas, and then you had the Chevy Sprint. All it, I, which is even smaller. It's kind of like, like what do they have, like a Geo or yeah, something? Yeah, like the Geo like Metro. Yeah, or, I think it was smaller than that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and But the good thing is you could put $15 of gas in it. And go. And go. All the way to Michigan. All the way to Michigan. You know, we literally, we'd get there and have a half a tank full. So this thing would get 50, 60 miles a gallon. I think it was 52. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we liked it. And uh, it, it was our little life. And, you know, Mrs. Arby had gotten that car. And, you know, I had an old Mercury Capri that was not, it was hot. And again, we're, this is this is Marietta, Georgia. But, you know, Leah was our first baby. And, she, again, we had birth traumas. And with these milestones of development, you can't skip them. You ha- you know, that's important. You can't, and we'll talk about that later on with other children, how these have to happen in order, in sequence, for a reason. And so if your child is having a hard time eating, if your child's having a hard time latching or swallowing or digesting the food or whatever, you know, you can always go to our website for more resources, spinegeek.com. You can always message us, mm-hmm. get a hold of us. Um, through that, you can, can just text you through. You can text us through, through three, five, yeah. seven, eight, zero, eight, zero. Yeah, mm-hmm. yep. I mean, just Google Spine Geek, and you'll find ways to get a hold of us. And we have PDFs, we have resources mm-hmm. to help you, whatever stage you're at or your child's at. Ask a question. Yeah, <laughs> ask a question. Call it for help. We can find. If you're like, well, I'm in uh, wherever Orlando, Florida. Great, we can find you people in Orlando, Florida that can help sure. you. You know, sure. and that's an that's the power of the network that we're a part of. And uh, but. Eating is number one milestone that's very important. Number two is sleep, like we were talking about. And I, I, you know, and our first daughter, she was a good sleeper. And, you know, and it was, she was easy on us. And she would, Eileen would be out in the evening working her personal training and doing her aerobics and doing her thing at, at the club she worked at. And it was dad's turn. So dad would, I'd come up from school and we'd feed her, you know, that time she wasn't breastfeeding. She breastfed about six months and then she just, it was, it was time. So, you know, don't anybody lock you into how, I mean, yes, children should breastfeed for as long as possible. Um, but one, and, and we really try to not, uh, bring food into the picture until the child starts getting teeth. teeth. Yeah. But and, she also got teeth early too. Right. <laughs> and, and you may say, well, wait a minute, I, I'm, I'm not here to, to bash anybody. I'm just saying that just like there's milestones and there's progressions and there's sequences to your baby growing up. Getting them when they get teeth, that's just kind of God's way of showing us, okay, it's time. They're, they're ready to introduce food. 
because now their digestive system can actually mm -hmm. digest and process things. Mm -hmm. um, introducing food or formula other than breast milk early on may be something you have to do, but just understand that is what opens up the child to allergies down the road because we put foods or drinks in their body that they're just not ready to digest and process. Anything to add to that? So the number two is sleep. And again, putting the child, and again, there's all kinds of things on that, putting the child to bed, put them in the crib. You know, that's what I would, my job, we would bathe her, make sure she had food. We'd sing our little silly songs, you know, that we would sing, Lee and I, and then I'd put her to bed and close the door. But she she liked to be in her own bed. Yeah. She I mean, liked being in her own crib. She she really, that was her thing. She liked to have a, the bed. Yeah. Because we tried putting her in a little. Um, bassinet. It, well, it was more of a laundry was, basket. It was a laundry basket, yeah. but it was our makeshift bassinet, and she's like, she didn't want to have any of anything to no. do with that. So then we put her in the bed, and she was like, really like that in the crib. But yeah. she was she stood in the bed at five months, so she was just a really quick learner, right? Very quick. Yeah, and we're saying because our children, we don't do. I don't even know the the name of it. Co habit, co sleeping together, mm -hmm. where they, everybody just sleeps in the same bed. Mm -hmm. I get it. To each their own. Again, every child, every family is what fearfully and wonderfully made. Mm -hmm. And so whatever whatever helps you sleep, that's totally. the key. Mm -hmm. Whatever makes the baby sleep and whatever makes the mama sleep, yep. dad, you can figure it out on your own. But whatever makes the mama sleep and the baby sleep is the right choice for you. Mm -hmm. But again, our, our children, we put them in their crib. They know that we love them. We know that we cared for them. And then we just... Close the door, shut the light off, say, nighty night. Here's, you know, you're all set. You're fed, you're, you know. And if we heard noises, I, I usually had the 15-minute rule. I'd give it 15 minutes and just wait, you know. Eileen, maybe what would anything speak to that? Uh, Yeah, I never waited 15 minutes. When you maybe heard it, it's already been 15 minutes. But if they woke up in the middle of the night. They, and they all crying, woke up in the middle of the I, night. Yeah, and I, I would it. just, hold, I would go into the room and I'd nurse them. But if they woke up anytime past three, then they got brought in bed. They mm -hmm. were always in bed because I would just nurse them in bed because there's no way I could sit up at three right. or four in the morning. Right. So. And I, what do I know? I'm a man and I was sleeping anyway. You were so. sleeping. And so it was like, just don't roll on the baby. Yeah. Watch the baby. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. So number two of a milestone is your child should sleep. Now, that's Leah's story. Should we mention names just to hide the. <laughs> then comes Blondie, our number two child, May. Dr. May. Blondie came out, here I am world. And basically she said, all that stuff my sister did, sister I'm not going to do. She's like, screw you, buddy. But, and so, you know, when, when Leah would cry, she'd want mommy. When May cries in the middle of the night, she wanted daddy. And so daddy was the one that I earned my daddy skills on going because May didn't sleep through the night for how long? Three years. Three years. Five times a night, she would get up. Yep. It was like, it was like, I don't know if it was exactly clockwork, but it was just like, no, okay, she's going to sleep through the night, and then she'd be up again. She couldn't change the channel. Yeah. She would just cry. She could not comfort herself to change the channel. So I would have to, like, we would entertain her. We had to and, we had and do something to distract her to, to take her focus her. off of, mm -hmm. yeah. And yep. then she would calm down and go back to sleep. Mm -hmm. And then it would another few hours and then she yep. would wake up again. So there was, there was that she, for some reason just could not change her own channels. And we so then we finally recognized that 
Mm-hmm. And um, but then after three, she I guess she was af- able to change her channels. Fine, figure she it stopped, out. Yeah, she stopped doing it like after three. Yeah, and she's she's the one that says looks around and says I'm going to bed, and she puts herself to bed, mm-hmm. and she's been like that mm-hmm. three, four, five. She's like I'm done. Yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> yeah. the party's leaving. She was very independent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and again, the thing is, is that every child that we have, have, still have, they were following the five essentials where we were loving them and speaking affirmations over them and had a faith-based family. And, you know, we weren't, yeah. you know, we were a real family. Um, and then they were getting adjusted. So their brain had a chance to figure out what was going on and mm-hmm. trauma and falls. And they were, you know, brains were happy. They were able to develop and connect the neuroplasticity and they were getting fed food, you yeah. know, they were fed food and they were moving. We were outside playing and stuff. And again, we avoided environmental toxins and inv- avoided the vaccines and things like that. So our children are healthy, but why is, is May's first three years of life so much different than Leah's first three years of life? And the answer is because Leah's Leah and May's May. Yep. And, uh, you know, uh, with the firstborn, I, didn't know as much then as I did. I learned with the second. And I, again, not every night, but I would try to get up and do my best um, because Nalene's got two girls to take care of. And uh, yeah, and and Leah's birth was at a hospital. Mm-hmm. May's birth was at home. Mm-hmm. So yeah. totally different experiences. And uh, so it's so, you know, I keep every time I think of that, I think of the song Great as Thy Faithfulness because that's what I would sing to May as great as I think, you know, Um and so number two of the brain development milestones is sleep. Um, if your child's not sleeping, um, then we need to figure out what's going on mm-hmm. and why. And yeah. not that it's a case for medications or vitamins or shots or whatever. It's to say, okay, what is this brain not allowing this child to settle down? Right. To, to soothe themselves. Mm-hmm. What's the issue? What's the cause? And I know in our office, we have testing that we can test the nerve system to find out if there's any interference that would cause poor sleep. Right. And I don't think we had that machine yet. No, we didn't. We did not have the we did machine, not have that machine that looks in 1996, like kids, kids' nerves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It looks mm-hmm. at, it, it basically scans the nerve system and gives yeah. us a neurological output. Because other than that, it's x-rays, and x-rays doesn't show much when it comes to children because their bones kids, aren't formed. Yeah. But we can literally, with our insight, um, thermography and, and EMG and stuff, we can look at the nerve system and say, okay, there's the problem. And lots of times, because our kids are getting adjusted, they were, again, a lot of children in our office, they come to get adjusted, and they sleep. It's amazing. They sleep wonderfully. The parents are like, whoa, should have done this sooner. Yeah. So if there's colic, if there's things like that, it all goes back to the nerve system. Mm -hmm. And again, most mommies and daddies would say, well, what do we need? We need to pray more, or we need to change the diet, or we need to do tummy time, or we need to... But no one's looking to the nerve system saying, no, no, there's the cause of it. There's something going on with the autonomic nerve system where the brain is warning you because the child's not sleeping or not eating or digesting. That's a warning. It's like, it's like saying, hey, right. we need I, help. I agree. I think it's like the, all these markers that they talk about with like the, the head up, the tummy time, the sitting up and all that. I think I think those are indicators so that, that you can um, keep an eye and not put them in such a box, but that you also say, okay, we may need to address this. Mm-hmm. You know, let's, and, and, and why not something that's, that's, not going to have any side effects. It's going right. to be something that's natural and that's going to bless the body. I mean, you you have no idea how much chiropractic care blesses the body. Yeah, it just it just makes it makes it function hundred percent. It, it makes all these things manageable. Yes, it's not like your child not eating or swallowing. It's not the center of your world. It's an issue that 
the ba- brain and body, we need to support this child to work mm-hmm. through, right, mm-hmm. to help them. So, but it doesn't consume us, right? right? We're not running off to 18 different doctors and such. Yeah, and you and we've I've seen little babies that you've adjusted in here that are like, oh well, they're not sleeping and they're not they're not pooping, and then they 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 get adjusted here because you adjust like a baby. You don't mm-hmm. adjust like you do an adult, mm-hmm. and it's very a very non-invasive, very gentle adjustment and. And I tell you, then the, before they leave, they got to change a diaper, you mm-hmm. know, and then the kids all of a sudden maybe sleeping as soon as they're done with their adjustment or done with their poop. Right. And and it's it's beautiful because you're like, that's how the body works. It's right. just, it's like, that's how it's angels. supposed to be. Oh. Yeah. No. And so going into our third milestone is pooping. Poop has to happen, people. Poop happens. And again, I heard one mommy tell me, yeah, our, our standard pediatrician said that it's okay if the baby doesn't poop every 10 days. But if it, but if it's been 14 days, then come in and they'll give the baby something. Can you imagine? I mean, no, I mean, to not go to the bathroom for for yeah, a week? They, I, I can't do two weeks. No, no. How can bas- a baby do two weeks? It, 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 the rule is two, you know, two trains in, two trains out a day. So that child should be mm-hmm. pooping twice, three times a day. Yeah. That's normal. Again, is it common for a child to go every other day or every once a week? It could be common, but it's not normal. Again, the nerve system, when it's working right, the the fact that the thing should be moving inside that baby's right. body. It, and they'll feel way better oh. if their life is, if their body's moving like it's supposed to move. Yeah. You know? I mean, when there's, when they're pooping on a regular basis, two or three times a day, um, then, and not diarrhea, but good poops, because you're, you're eating two or three times, five times a day, right? Mm-hmm. Um, then when they're pooping on, that means that everything is flowing like it's supposed to. The brain is talking to the body, mm-hmm. mobility, motility is happening. Absorption's Absorption, happening. Say that digestion's too. happening. Again, it's a milestone, but you can't poop unless you can eat. Right. And I don't think you can poop unless you can sleep. Again, well, and your how body can you? Heat. How can you eat? Right. And then not poop. Right. I mean, wh- where does that go? Yeah. And again, and these are milestones that you can't skip over because you know the next show we're going to talk about phase two of of executive function, complex function that that comes next. But we, what we're trying to say is these basic. Brain-based developmental mile, uh, milestones, it, it, your child has to be able to be supported, nurtured, following what we talk about on this podcast. Again, so that they can, again, why do we talk about, you know, not letting toxins and poisons in the child's body through vaccines? Why do we talk about watching the environment? Why do we talk about all these, so that this child can go through these milestones and, and really do well and champion them so that they're confident when it comes to the next stage. Right. And so- right. So pooping's important. Pooping's important, but I think I think these things also build on each other. You know, you you start holding your head up, you know, so that you've got your you're making the nice curves in your body. Yep. You know, and then you've got your your tummy time that also helps with the curves for your lower back and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then sitting up and then crawling and and the the crawling is like a it's like a brain thing. It's amazing. It's, a, it's like this crossover in your brain. Yep. We need that kind of stuff. Um, and then it goes into walking. And then, and then even with your sleeping, then sleeping, and then eating goes into digestion, and then that's in your immune system right, right there. It's just, it's beautiful how this all builds on each other, but that it's also, you know, to keep to keep an eye on it, but right. to do something that's good and healthy and has no consequences, no and bad it, consequences to your body. Yeah, it, and yeah, it, it does. It's, it's on purpose. There's a sequence. It's all connected. It's basically your visual roadmap to know that your brought your baby, your child's brain is doing its job because right. it's fearfully, wonderfully made. 
And so we have eating, which includes latching, swallowing, digesting. We have sleep, which means babies are able to soothe themselves, calm themselves, and sleep. Uh, pooping, which means if they're pooping two or three times a day, it means things are moving out. They're, they're getting rid of the stuff. Mm-hmm. And then, like you just said, movement is important. And, and the motor milestones, you know, start with something like they just have head and neck control that, that yeah. you know, they're, they're doing tummy time, which is important. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I didn't know what tummy time was until a few years ago. I'm like, well, yeah, you just let them play. But, I, you know, they have these different names, right, for the mm-hmm. old stuff. True, true. Because, I mean, I think even as us as an adults that, you know, when we're always, always curved over, you know, like mm-hmm. on our phones or at, at watching TV or driving – that, you know, I just like to sometimes just lay on the floor on my tummy. So right. I still like to do tummy time. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not growing it yet. And think about, like you had touched on earlier, that, you know, in the womb, before they're kind of getting with gravity, their spine is in the shape of a C. And so when they're on their tummy and you see them picking their head up and they have head and neck control, they're starting to put those those little curves in their neck and when their feet come up in their lower back. Mm-hmm. So their body's getting ready to crawl. Their body's getting ready to walk. And so we'd really try not to put our children in those sit up things or jumping things until they could sit up on their own. Mm-hmm. We really tried to avoid those because their spine wasn't ready to support that kind of weight until they had to go through the process. So first of all is, you know, having proper head and neck control. Right. Well, cause, because God gave us those three curves and those, the curve is like the strongest, the strongest force that when they build a bridge, right. they build it in a curve because it's the strongest structure it supports it, it supports the rest of the body and so god gave us you know a cervical curve thoracic curve thoracic curve lumbar and a, curves, and a lumbar curve matter yes and so the and the, so with those curves this this naturally is is helping strengthen those areas so that your body is ready to walk later crawl later hold things lift things you know it's like it's making your body a strong bridge because posture matters i mean as we get and again not to get not to get too far down the road but again no matter what age you're at eating sleeping pooping and moving (laughs) are important Mm -hmm. this is just the basis of it first Mm -hmm. and so head and neck control and then it's time for the baby to learn how to sit up on their own Mm -hmm. right in their own strength and then that's when we would say okay walkers or different bouncy chairs because they could sit up on their own right we were always taught in school listen you got to be able to sit on their own before they can support the weight because then you got that whole hip thingy and so exactly that's that's yeah, I think and then being wise. able to roll over, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and then like you said, then that proceeds into crawling. Yeah. Again, these are stages that the brain takes the baby through, your yeah. child through. It's amazing. As it's developing it. Mm-hmm. It's, and then and then the sleeping and the eating, the pooping get better as movement happens. Yep. And then they can begin to crawl and then begin to walk, mm-hmm. you know, maybe by year one or maybe, you know, less, depending on, you know, girls usually walk sooner than boys. Mm-hmm. Um, and firstborns usually walk sooner than then second born, uh, second born, because second born <laughs> has the first born to go get everything for them, totally. um, and then or even the third one, and then running and jumping, and then uh, then and then climbing. You know, depending on age. And so those are the, as we wrap up this show today, those are the the four basic, they call them phase one milestones for the brain. The brain has to be able to develop these four milestones in its own time. And the thing about what we talk about on this podcast, if you follow what we say following these five essentials that removes any interference that so the brain can take this child through this process. And so we talk about on our website, spinegeek.com. If you have questions, um, you can, you can text us at 
800-800-8080. But you can't skip these. You can't just blow it off and say, okay, because we're going to talk about in the next show what happens if we don't get the child healthy enough to where it's eating and digesting properly. What happens if the child's not sleeping and that now turns into other issues? What happens if the child's not pooping on a regular basis? And then what happens if the child's not moving or developing with gra- like it's supposed to? Because if we skip those, then down the road, when we get to what we call phase two motor, motor, motor neuron development and milestone development, that's when we need these. Because if we skip one there, we have to go back and fix them if the child's having a hard time with speech or socialization or behavior and emotional control and cognition, learning, understanding things. Because the if any of those four are not 100%, we have to go back to the basics, which is the nerve system. And so, again, Dr. Joe Arve here, along with my lovely, beautiful wife, Eileen. We've been doing this for a long time. We're all about raising healthy children. We are. We're just here to help just point things out, that to, to give you encouragement to, um, honestly, to try something healthy for yeah. yourself. And, and give you and natural because it'll blow your mind how 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 easy the kids react better than we yeah. do, you know. And and again, we're not here to give medical advice because we're not medical doctors, but we also don't want to turn this into a medical condition to where your only hope is medication, shots, or surgery. Um, there's so much more you can do, and uh, that's what these the purpose of these podcasts right. are is to help you understand that there's more out there than maybe what you understand. And the longer you can wait before you put any of those poisons in your kid the better your child is. So, yep. you know, try to avoid all poisons until they're Don't, older. You can inject health because, again, when those toxins get into the body, then the child could have problems with eating, sleeping, pooping, and moving. Okay? Mm-hmm. Look at the autism world, right? Mm-hmm. Or you put the toxins in from, from food. Or they're not moving, they're not playing enough because they're on their iPads or cell phones so much, right? Or they're not getting adjusted. Um, or they're just in a stressful environment. All those things can have a direct effect on your child's ability to eat, to sleep, to poop, and, and to, to move. Develop. Yep. Right. And so, again, I hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, you got questions. Got questions, reach out. Google Spine Geek. Go to spinegeek.com. You can always text us at 303-457-8080. But thank you for watching. Please like and subscribe. Share this with your friends. If you have any questions, we'll be happy to answer and then send you solutions, send you some PDFs on dieting and things like that and food and eating and just the things that we do every day to keep babies healthy and strong in our office. So God bless you all. We'll see you soon. Bye-bye.